0: And we're finally moving in a direction where I feel is uh, (laughs) positive for me being able to win again, um, hopefully regularly like I did in uh, 2018. Well, hello there and welcome to this very special, I guess somewhat strange episode of the Bunkered Podcast. Coming to you live from Augusta National. It is Masters Week and I'm here for it. Absolutely, 100% in every single way conceivable, I am here for it. Hello, Michael McEwen here. Thank you very much for tuning in to this shortened episode of the Bunkered Podcast. This is designed to be listened to on your commute to work, on your commute back home from work, maybe at work. I don't know, you might be wanting to skive and sit around and do all sorts. However and wherever and whenever you're tuning in. Thank you very much indeed. And you'll notice I'm flying solo. Bryce is back home in the office in Glasgow. Someone's got to do the hard work, don't they? So Bryce isn't here. Which makes this kind of strange. I I can't deny. I, I suppose this is how Robbie Williams probably felt when he left Take That. Not suggesting for a second that Bryce is Gary Barlow in this podcast, but here, look, if the shoe fits. So Bryce, you're probably listening to this. Hope you're enjoying The Office. Work hard. And I'll see you next week. So let me tell you a little bit about where I am just now. I'm currently sitting in a soundproofed room on the bottom floor of the media centre. A very swish media centre, I should add. This was built for around about $56 million. It opened five years ago, I think it is. And basically, it's part working space, part office and part museum. It is an absolutely incredible place. Now, I go to a lot of media centres, and more often than not, they're kind of pop-ups because of the nomadic nature of professional golf. These buildings are thrown up for one week every year, and then as soon as the tournament's over, they're dismantled again. So they are effectively tents that I'm used to working in. Very nice tents, I should say, but yeah, they, they tend to come and go. This place is not that, this is a permanent structure and to look at it from the outside you would think it was owned by a very, very, very wealthy family. It is just an absolutely incredible building. It's got a 150 seat interview room with a hands-free microphone at each desk, which is incredible. Locker rooms, showers, there's complimentary sunscreen, which for someone who's fair skinned and from Scotland, that's tremendous. There's a restaurant with waiter service, no joke. There's grab-and-go food, so if you're wanting just a, say, a barbecue sandwich just to grab and take back to your desk, there's plenty of that. And there are roughly 350 workstations, each of them having two monitors. You've got swiveling leather chairs, and the best bit about it is that the actual main workspace looks right down over the driving range. Where I'm sitting... where i've been sitting most of the day i could actually see tiger woods and bryson DeChambeau, all these other guys hitting balls towards me it's slightly unnerving the balls do get a little bit on the close side from time to time but i can't deny it it's very 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 cool and it is brilliant to be back here it's only my second time at the masters and my first since 2019 Obviously, COVID happened and that stunted it for a couple of years, but I'm back now and uh, it's just great to be here. Long journey over, (laughs) a very long journey over yesterday from Glasgow to Heathrow, Heathrow to Atlanta, and then a three-hour, give or take, car journey from Atlanta along Interstate 20 into Augusta. So I haven't had a huge amount of sleep. That's probably why I sound a little bit croakier than usual. But there are worse gigs in the world. One thing did happen last night as I was driving. This is around about half eleven at night local time. So what's that back home in the UK? That would be half past four in the morning. And yeah, I'd had the car. I was on the road about an hour. Driving along, quite the thing, and I saw these blue flashing lights up ahead on the lay-by, so, you know, I I did what you would expect to do and just drove straight past it. Next thing I know, the cop car pulls out behind me and drives up very close to me. I'm going, okay, what's this all about? Then he pulls up alongside me, drops back in behind me again, and continues to flash his lights, and at at that point, I realise I'm being pulled over. Long story short, it turns out that I'd done something where I'd driven past him and I hadn't moved out into the opposite lane and all that sort of stuff, but I put on my thickest Scottish accent, played ignorance, and fortunately the uh, the state trooper let me go with a just a little rap of the knuckles. So, yeah, interesting start, but today has been much better. Got here around about half past eight this morning, and the first thing I did Got in, got my breakfast, and then I decided to go out and I wanted to walk the back nine because, I'll be honest, that's my favourite of the two nines. Lots of interesting things that I saw. I mean, for a start, it was warm, okay? It's probably been around 24, 25 degrees Celsius here all day. I went out around about, you know, 9, half, nine, ten. Looked in particular at the new 11th tee. Really cool. Really Really cool. That's going to make that hole. It was probably a four and a half, par four and a half before. It's going to make it pretty close to a par five. Really interested to see how people attack it. You know, we've already heard Rory McIlroy saying that he's going at it with four iron, six iron. You're going to be seeing a lot of that, I think, particularly when the bad weather comes in, as we'll get to, when it's going to make the course play that little bit longer. The 15th, the new tee there, well, that wasn't in play today, but again, it's going to be quite interesting how many players are going to reach the crest of that hill. I know a lot of players are already talking about laying up. I think that's probably the sensible play. I heard that Billy Horschel went for the green in two. Low ball flight, Billy, so that was quite interesting. I I didn't hear if he managed to stick the green or if he's gone through the back and potentially gone into the water there, but it's going to be really interesting to see how those two holes play this year. I think I mentioned on the podcast last week proper that the 11th is the second hardest hole at Augusta National historically. It's probably, I think, going to be the hardest by some distance this week. And 15, it's historically been one of the easiest holes, certainly in the last 15, 20 years. I think it's going to be a wee bit tougher. Even the laying up spot, I mean, it's hard to get up and down short of that water. So you're going to see all kinds of numbers thrown up. The weather forecast, like I mentioned, look, it's glorious today, but the word is the thunderstorms are coming in tomorrow. There's talk of several inches worth of rain that's going to fall on the course tomorrow and again into Wednesday. Not sure if the thunderstorms are forecast so much there, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of rain over the next 48 hours. So players have been out getting as much practice done today as possible in anticipation of the fact they might not be able to practice much. Tuesday and Wednesday So smart of those players who have done that To go out and do it It's going to make the course an awful lot softer I think somebody like Dustin Johnson is going to be interesting He likes to play on you know those longer, softer golf courses That's how he won here in November 2020 It was under those conditions So I think that might bring him into play this week Hasn't had the best of years so far Showed signs of life at the match play a couple of weeks ago And I think he's going to maintain that So he's a guy to watch out for For the majority of the back nine, though, I walked out with Bob Mack and Sandy Lyle. Look, Sandy was wearing his waterproof jacket throughout. I mean, he must have been absolutely sweltering. But Bob, look, Bob looked good. Very good off the tee. Really impressed with him. I didn't see him miss a single fairway. He spent a lot of time on the greens. Noticeable he was asking Sandy for some advice on, you know, do I go here? Do I go there? He was really taking his time on the greens, 14 in particular. That fills me with confidence. And I'll tell you something else, you know, he, he seemed like he was having a good time, you know, smiling, and he was really getting creative around, for example, the 18th green, pulled out the fairway wood from just off the back to a pin that was up the back. Really seems to enjoy the challenge that this course poses. And yeah, look, after the weekend that he had in Texas, maybe not so much Saturday, but certainly Sunday, Bob's got a little bit of momentum coming in here. Can he improve upon the tied 12th finish? last year? That is, of course, the big question. Can he maintain his run of having made every cut in every major he's ever played? That's another question. He spoke to the press after his round. Here's a little sample of what he had to say. Obviously, I didn't know what to expect last year when I came here. I was nervous. I mean, I I had played probably more leading up to it, but this year, I mean, we've... Had to kinda pull back a little bit on what we were playing just to get into certain events and um but no I've played last week, played great. Third round I don't know what happened, um other than I didn't get my ice cream the night before. But I mean I just went out on a Sunday, last Sunday there and done the exact same things and played well. So the game's in good shape. We just have to try and put four rounds together. So that's Bob McIntyre, one of two Scots in the field alongside Sandy Lyle, the pair played the back nine together today. More to come on today's episode of the Bunkered Masters Special Podcast. Stay tuned. It takes great determination and perseverance to qualify for a major championship. It also takes complete trust in your golf ball. That's why the majority competing at this year's Masters will be teeing up the Pro V1 or Pro V1X. For them, earning an invitation is just the beginning because the passion, desire, and commitment to be your best never ends. Titleist, the most played ball at the Masters, and the number one ball in golf. Hello again. So, yeah, what an interesting day it has been. It was great to see Bob up close looking happy, swinging it well, hitting fairways, hitting greens, and working hard. After I finished up with Bob and Sandy, or rather, after they finished up, I went into the shop, and I'll be honest, I've spent a lot of money. So if Mrs. McEwen is listening to this, I'm really sorry. I'm not going to tell you how much I spent, that's between me and the bank manager, but it was rather a lot, and I'll be honest, I think I'm going to be going back there. I bought stuff like a hoodie, t-shirts, mugs, just absolute chaos. And to be honest, it was really, really busy in there, as it always is. It's funny, one of the cashiers told me that somebody has already spent a five-figure sum. You know, it sounds crazy, but trust me. I think it would be quite easily done. It wasn't me, I hasten to add, but you can see how people could just go crazy and spend an absolute fortune. Lots of really cool things in there. I haven't had a chance to look at everything yet, but possibly the coolest thing that I've seen so far was a master's chopping board. No joke. Dark wood. it has got the master's logo carved into it. Bryce Ritchie would absolutely love one of these things. He likes to think of himself as a, a bit of a chef and he's got all these signature dishes. Strangely, those signatures look very much like the signatures of Jamie Oliver and Gordon Ramsay, but but there you go. So I suspect now that he's heard that, I'm fully expecting a text from Bryce to say, "Go and buy me one of those chopping boards." But yeah, lots of uh, lots of really cool, unusual, very very easy to buy things in that shop. And as I say, I'll be going back, and I have a massive shopping list, so I will definitely be going back. Since then, well, you know, look, it's it's been all about Tiger, hasn't it? Everyone's talking about him. He spent a long time today on the range, and from what I saw, he looked pretty comfortable. He's maybe got the slightest, very slightest trace of a limp, but generally I thought he looked pretty good. You know, he was swinging comfortably, he had the big dog out, he was swinging that. He didn't seem to be grimacing after hitting driver, which is really encouraging. Swing looked good, tempo looked good. Then he went out, he's playing, I think, as we sit here just now, I think he's just about to finish his nine holes alongside Justin Thomas. So, look, he's not committed yet, but you have to think Tiger is 100% going to play. I don't see him going through everything that he's gone through, putting himself under as much pressure, scouting the course, practicing as hard as he has been, if he's not going to peg it up. Will he be able to play... All four rounds. Well, that's the other question, isn't it? Because as good as a swing might look, as easy as things might look from just now, walking the course, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but, you know, it's a lot hillier than it looks on TV. The course is, it's it's a tough walk. You know, can his body, can his legs withstand four rounds? He's got a proud record around here. He's got a proud record that he's putting on the line. He has never missed the cut in the Masters as a professional. In 23 visits to the Masters, He's missed the cut only once, and that was as an amateur. So he's putting a lot on the line this week, Tiger, potentially by playing. But all the signs are so far that he looks pretty good. I mean, as I say, under the gun, under tournament conditions, yeah, it's, it's obviously different. But from what we've seen, the way that he is on the course and on the practice ground, he looks in generally a pretty good place. Not sure about the white belt, though. He's meeting the media at 11am on Tuesday where I fully expect him to say that he's going to give it a go. So we'll have more on Tiger, more from Tiger tomorrow. Stay tuned because let's face it, it's going to be fascinating. Whether he does play or doesn't, it's going to be fascinating. Tiger just has that about him, doesn't he? The other big talking point this afternoon, well, (laughs) Bryson DeChambeau. Bryson, his press conference was strange. I thought he looked quite, Crestfallen, forlorn, didn't look very. didn't look in the best place. And good reason for that. I mean, he's only played three times in 2022. He's had all kinds of injury problems. And he said during his presser that he's playing this week against the advice of his doctors. They want him to rest up and allow his various injuries to heal properly. But. Bryson has decided he wants to give it a go. As as he said, you know, this week comes but once a year and he just wants to peg it up and see where he goes. He reckons he's at 80% in terms of fitness. That's still for him, 190 miles an hour ball speed. So, you know, he's going to be getting up there. But he hasn't been able to practice the way he wants. He hasn't been able to do his speed training. Here's what Bryson had to say when he met the press a little bit earlier on today did not expect it to be that prevalent didn't think i would get to that place but one of the things i didn't do is take care of my hands and take care of the hip like i should have and i went pretty hard um albeit i wouldn't do anything else to change what happened because it's made me a better person because of it Uh, i've learned a little bit more about my body and how to respond and how to recover um, in a better manner so proud of the fact that i've been able to get here in a short amount of time. Normally a bone fracture takes four months to probably fully heal. I'm back here in two, so pleased with that and hitting golf balls in the range and able to sustain practice for a good amount of time, so happy. I just didn't think he looked in a particularly good place. I I thought he looked a little bit down on himself, a little bit beat up. He did mention that the, the struggles that he's had this year so far have been tough on him mentally, so... How can he do this week? I mean, it's so hard to say. His previous finishes this year, tied 25th at the tournament the champions out of 38, I should add. Missed the cut at the Farmers, missed the cut at the Texas Open last week. I'm not seeing him featuring really particularly at the business end of the leaderboard. If he makes it through to the weekend, I think he'll be doing particularly well. It's a it's a big ask, I think, for Bryson this week to to contend. It's funny because with Bryson it feels like nothing's ever straightforward. Everything seems like it's a massive deal and if I'm honest it feels like that's kind of the way he likes it. He's a wee bit of a drama queen. But yeah, I I, I don't see him featuring this week at all. Which is amazing, isn't it? Considering where we were this time a year ago. He was talking about the course being a par 67. He was... Obviously talked about as being able to overpower the golf course. People have speculated the changes to 11 and 15 have been to Bryson and proof it. And sure enough, as it turns out, the biggest the biggest threat to Bryson so far appears to have been himself with all the extra work he's been doing, the, the speed training, the long driving and so on. So interesting to see how he has to adapt going forward. One other thing from Bryson, one other note from his presser. He said that he hasn't heard from Phil Mickelson since... All that Phil stuff kicked off around about a month or so ago. Remember, you don't need me to remind you, but Phil said some stuff. You might be aware about the Saudi Golf League, about Saudi Arabia, about the PGA Tour, and has since taken a bit of a leave of absence from the game. Turns out, that leave of absence extends to his closest pals on tour, of whom Bryson is one. The pair have a really good relationship, but Bryson was asked if he's heard from Phil since it all kicked off, and he said that he hasn't. He's attempted to reach out a couple of times, but he said that Phil has, quote, gone dark. Make of that what you will. Interesting times. And it's only going to get more interesting as the week goes on. As I say, as I sit here, it is Monday and there is lots, lots more that's going to happen over the the coming days. Promises to be fascinating. It's the masters. It's always fascinating. Tomorrow's a big day. Loads of press conferences. Headlined, of course, by Tiger at 11am local time. If the weather is as forecast, probably more talking done than balls hit. We will see how that goes. We'll see what implications that has for the golf course. What they're able to do in terms of turning on the subway or perhaps to maintain some of the green speeds. We will see. So look, that is it for me for just now. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you are driving safely. Hope you have a great day at work or had a great day at work. There's going to be more to come from me every single day this week. And I'll be joined over the coming days by various other folk from within the sport. We'll be getting other journals in. Hopefully a few players, you never know. So stay tuned. Lots more to come. Until then, make sure you're checking out Bunker.co.uk for all of the latest news from Augusta as it happens. Get across our social media channels if you're not already following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. For all of the very latest live here from Augusta National. Thank you very much for listening. Bye bye for now.